All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a ginger ale. Way to go, gang. And the zone, Sikora kicked it out, got it back near side of Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 45 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. The band what is player? back together. What player? The Lucas Setlack episode <laughs> of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I really can't think of another guy, number 45. 45. Joel Morrow. Mark Frazier wore 45. Yeah, Mark Frazier yeah. did wear 45. Yeah. Oh, Mark. Oh. He also took the, a puck to the yeah, skull. Yeah, I was going to say, how's his head doing? I don't know. Do you remember looking at, like, there was, like, the MRI right after? <laughs> being shared like, on Facebook. Dan took the puck. Like, oh, yeah. God, that's Crazy. melon. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways, those yep. are uh, to my left. Dylan D. Bertheum. To my, like, left, left. Michael Beebs Bonnie. The band's back together. D's back from his uh, lower Three body way. injury. <laughs> yeah. Three of us are here. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah. It's D's on Christmas break, so we got him live in studio. Yeah, Santa like beard sitting in front of us. True, true. All very we, uh, it, this, this episode's a little delayed by about an hour and a half because we had a, a monitor power outage, but <laughs> locked out of the man cave. <laughs> yeah, that's Sli- right. Slightly out that's of power. Podcast cave. We're killing it in the basement, and personally, I think the, the acoustics are a little bit better in here. <laughs> yeah, right. we're gonna be bouncing off. Audio's gonna be bouncing off walls like crazy. Yeah, audio off great. walls. 
the half done bar. There's a kitchen down here because apparently Brock's Italian. Literally, it's the furthest thing from Italian. <laughs> yeah, kitchen. But I do have a kitchen you. in the basement. So you're a little bit Italian. It's not like totally done, but uh, yeah, a little Italian. Now That's we, the only Italian. Now people I got know in. Brock's basement. Yeah. If you ever wanted, guys, wanna, the, to pa- the patrons will be invited over one day. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's not get people that excited. Come on. It's one of the biggest rewards. If you donate a hundred dollars per month, you get to hang. You, you, you get to move in. You get to move. A part-time <laughs> job. You can rent my basement for hundred dollars a month. That's Be- it. Beebs offered it earlier yeah, and I did. shut him down, but patrons are more than welcome. <laughs> so Beebs does it through patrons. But uh, we got a jam-packed episode, uh, a little preview of what we got coming to you guys. Get one thing. I tried to, this would you rather section, we've done it before, but I tried to like, the reason I was trying to like think of something that we could like link and tie into Christmas. Sure. And like, you know how they do like the 12 days of whatever, yeah. the 12 whatever. I tried to like. We definitely have a week to think of that. Yeah, I try, I try to like tie it in there mm-hmm. and I couldn't think of any way to do it. So I was like, whatever, we'll just bring back Would You Figure Rather. Figure it out for next. We're going to combine the Would You Rather and uh, the Face Off segment. So this week I'm going to host the Face Off segment. We're going to have D and Beebs face Duke off against out. each other. Duke it out. Easy um, and then money. Me and uh, money, baby. <laughs> me and Biebs didn't really get to it last week, but Alex Galchenyuk out um, for an extended period of time. So we're going to give you guys each a couple waiver wire targets Shocking. to kind of help uh, fill the gap for Alex Galchenyuk and maybe you know anybody else that you guys are you guys are looking at picking up. Uh, and we've got some guys for like medium leagues, like standard leagues and some super deep leagues if... Uh, that's if you're into that is. sort of thing, yep. um, and then after the that break, going. after the break, we're going to bring back keep or cut, um, where we're just going to rattle off a number of players who are on the borderline, and either you know you're going to keep them on the old roster, or you're going to wait it out, cut bait with them. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny how many people like will tweet at us now, like yo, should I cut bait with this guy? Cut bait. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's a thing now. Yeah, let him out. Uh, but you guys want to just get right into it or what? Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're gonna we need to get like some official like face off like intro music just, or just like or like something to go on in the background like some, like, just, some like, like Sega 19 90. like NHL 94 <laughs> like music in the background while we're just rocking the face off yeah that'd be dope can we buy rights to some that at once, what, how, just, how many years is it before songs become no, legal that you can just have them for free is that I don't, know, know, I don't, I don't know, think so. no you still gotta pay to play just happy birthday in movies yeah I know that's what I was gonna say we're just gonna like it's not 100 years yet though we're just yeah, like we're not even big enough for it to even matter yet. We'll just sneak it in. People there. People are loving we? the stones though. Really, oh, I think yeah, we're as big yeah, as Happy like Birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think we're that big? People sing "Rolling with the Punches." Oh yeah, we're bigger we're than John to, Lennon, baby. Yeah, more yeah. often than Happy Birthday. The Blue Stones are the shit, but maybe we'll just put yeah. "Rolling with the Punches" in the background forever. But anyways, let's I'm get to do. Let's get to the face-off segment. So what's oh. going to happen is I'm going to name two players. Um, with similar statistics as this point in the season, and I want to know which Same player. Yeah, same position. Which player you guys would rather have for the remainder of the season? Um, I have two centers, two wingers, two defensemen, and two goalies. We got eight sets of players all together. We're going to start with the center position. We've got Evgeny Kuznetsov, 91% owned, and Artem Anisimov, 82% owned. I'll give you some numbers on these guys. Anisimov, 26 points, 13 goals, 13 assists in 30 games. Uh, Five points on the power play. He's currently shooting 1.73 shots per game, 25% shooting percentage. D, who are you keeping? Or who would you rather for the rest of the year, Anisimov or Kuznetsov? All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Kuznetsov here. Uh, you know, for as much of a deal as we've made about the Caps power play kind of lagging and hurting players like Kuz and Carlson so far, uh, Kuznetsov has actually led the league 
or last year he led the league in primary assists at even strength. So uh, like he was really good on the power play, but this guy clearly can hold his own at even strength as well. And he did that playing only 25% of his ice time, give or take, with Ovi. So it's not like, you know, uh, his primary assists were driven by Ovi just rearing the puck in the back of the net. So, you know, we said it before, but it wasn't a fluke. Uh, and his on-ice shooting percentage is down a tad this year still. And if that continues to rise like it kind of has a little bit and regress back to the mean, his production should as well. And he's come on in the last five. He's got seven assists in his last five games, two on the power play last night. So uh, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for Kuznetsov. And it should be a, a no-brainer, but uh, Anisimov, for some reason, not slowing down yet. Uh, yeah. Right? No. Like, even though he really should be. I mean, <laughs> I'm struggling so hard to vouch for Anisimov on this one, but um, I, I'll, take, I'll take the side of Anisimov just because he kind of deserves it because um, I've shown him disrespect all year as well. But that's Chicago to me. Anyways, um, and he's small right now. He's, he's got 26 points through 30 games. As we mentioned, I just really like his positioning in that Chicago lineup, and he doesn't seem like he's going to be going anywhere. Um, they have him on the first power play unit next to Kane and Panarin with Keith and Seabrook on the back, and then they, he's even pushed out Taze on that top unit. It's uh, I think it's like an effort to balance out. The yeah, I think it kind of is, but at the same time, you know, it just boosts up Anisimov's uh, overall fantasy value, plus put him on that top unit, kind of the go-to guy there. Um, he's also playing with Panarin and Kane. Um, normally, in on in even strength, that's a super nice combo. And somewhere Absolutely. where I could just see him, uh, you know, kind of riding out the rest of the year, just getting these these points that are coming out of nowhere that no one's expecting. He has uh, he has very nice on ice totals for a forward. That's one thing that I really like. And if that doesn't change on a very lethal Chicago roster, the one that's thing just about to get the points. one thing about Anisimov too is he plays a ton. He does. Yeah, he yeah. He's, he's a solid two way. He's averaging eighteen forty two a game. Yeah, I mean, just for nice. a forward, that's that's. That's sexy. Yeah, I forgot uh, to kind of to mention Kuznetsov numbers as well. I, I only read yeah, you just ripped the uh, But Kuznetsov, three goals, thirteen assists, sixteen points in twenty eight games. He yeah. has no power play goals, but four power play assists. Um, he's averaging less shots per game than Anisimov, um, but his shooting percentage is lagging behind uh, mm-hmm. at six point four percent compared to Anisimov's twenty five percent. Yeah. The reason I brought this one up was because this was actually I saw this question um, in the comment section on Daily Face. Of one guy was like, "Should I trade um, Anisimov for Kuznetsov?" I just got offered that, and I was just like, "Shit, that's a good question." I like Kuznetsov a lot, yeah. and you know what? The one thing I'm not gonna I'm, trying, I'm not gonna interject too much. But the one thing that people always bring up about Kuznetsov, I've heard so many times, time and time again, it's just like, "Well, he was amazing at the start of last year, and he did nothing at the end of last year." And I don't know. It wasn't even true. Like, I ran the numbers, no. and he actually had 38 points in the first 41 games and, like, 40 points in the last three. Like, it didn't even... He no. was so consistent yeah. all year. Yeah, he was. And I just, like, I don't know. Like, I in our draft, I, we haven't brought up those those stats in our preseason draft it's yet. It's not half, year, half but, yet. Yeah, we're not quite there. Yeah. But I uh, I took I took him early. I oh, took yeah. Kuznets off pretty yeah. early, and it's been an absolute disaster. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, I... Obviously, like, last year, his production was mostly driven by his assists, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, like, the fact that his numbers look so bad right now, and they, I mean, they look better now than they did a week ago, but yeah, uh, it was a combination of, like, his shooting percentage being down a bit, so the goals weren't even, like, remotely there like they were last year. I think he had 20 goals last year, right? Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, and his on-ice shooting percentage was, like, super down now, and it's starting to bounce up, and you've seen, like, kind of the result of that over the last week or so, like we said, seven points in his last five games, all helpers. And yeah, he led the league in primary assists at even strength. Like that's not something that just happens on a on a whim, right? Like, no. That, like you would you gotta be pretty the, good the for that to happen. Was, like. The one thing that was crazy about Kuznetsov before we move along here is that when you would tune into like 
Capitals games, like, a lot of times, like, you'd be sitting there watching, and Kuznetsov would be, he'd stand out more than Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Like, he's unreal. Or Baxham. That, yeah, like, that that's, matter, a, like, right? yeah, he would be, oftentimes, he would be the best player on the ice. Yeah. Like, it was, like, similar to, like, Kucherov uh, in, in Tampa with, with Stamkos. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's like, Stamkos, 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 Ovechkin. Kuznetsov, a lot of times, was amazing. Yeah. So, and, and like, if Just I had crazy, if I had to peg it, like, Hey, could you yeah. <laughs> I like. I look so dumb. And you could just no. keep going. I didn't no, I, I don't think. I don't even think it's that dumb of a point. No, I, I think that they're very, very much the same. Right? Because Anisimov. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, saying we just saying keep that, jumping this cooch train. Well, no, I, I was on it, that it, that but that's not. Train. That has nothing so really to do hard. with Anisimov. It's more to do with how surprised I am with. <laughs> right. Nets and like we were all really high because Nets up. But like I just think it's like a combination. Like I said, of the fact that like low shooting percentage, low on ice shooting percentage, hurts my even strength. But it was actually really productive last year. And then, like we said, the Caps' power play in general hasn't been up to where no. it really like should be, yeah. and that's hurt. I still think everyone on the Caps. We've seen it in the last couple days, which is nice for Kuznetsov. Hopefully yeah. that continues. But anyways, I think it should. There's too much. Let's move on to a couple. Beebs uh, did well. A couple <laughs> other centers. I was just like, oh, I can't. <laughs> yeah. We've got Sam Gagne at 38 percent, and or Braden Shen at 86 percent. Now Gagne is playing just uh, just over 13 and a half minutes a night. Uh, but he has 12 goals, 9 assists to give him 21 points in 26 games. Uh, four of his goals are on the power play, and five of his assists are on the power play. He's currently averaging 2.65 shots per game and shooting at an exceptional 17.4%. Shen, on the other hand, is another player who has been absolutely awesome on the power play. He has 20 points, 8 goals, 12 assists in 28 games, 6 power play goals, mm-hmm. 13 power play points, uh, 2.32 shots per game shooting 12%. Beebs, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Sam Gagne or Braden Shen? Um, this one was pretty obvious. Had to go Braden Shen. There's a reason he's 50, more than 50% owned. Well, not more than, sorry. 50, about 50% more owned than Sam Gagne. Um, as much as I would have loved to jump on the, the bad one on this one, I just can't even make a case for Gagne. He's currently, <laughs> uh, currently lining up on their fourth and third line. Um, besides that power play time, obviously, which is really what matters for fantasy um, so he still has huge, huge value. Well, that that power play has just been absolutely insane. Yeah, this year and I do expect that to regress. Um, but Braden Shen, for me, um, as you mentioned, he's been super lethal on a extremely, extremely talented power play with Wayne Simmons, Jakub Voracek, and um, Claude Giroux. Yeah, another there. power play that's, been, that's just been ridiculous, yeah. too. And uh, as we talked about on other, other shows, um, Braden Shen's 25, which is right around those nice prime years. Mm-hmm. Um at 59 points last year, and a lot of those came from a strong, very strong second half. Um, I think it was best like, in the league. Yeah, best in the league. After I don't know what the the point of where he took I that think it was, was like, like yeah. But either way, that's a strong second half and something that I, I would expect to happen again because he kind of came out slow this year. At the same time, he does have uh, pretty decent numbers for the year and uh, someone I would rather have. Yeah, he had a, he had a relatively slow start yeah. too. But uh, so you say Shen? D, uh, are you on board with that as well? Yeah, I don't think Shen has been that bad, but I was also just kind of low on him at the start, so I think yeah, my yeah, I was just gonna say you were kind of tempered. Low. But, like, he's, like, right at, like, where I kind of would have expected, right? Like, he's at about a 55, 60-point pace. Um, and both of these guys have some red flags, like like you said, in their in their underlying numbers. Gagne is shooting 70%. Uh, he's only a career 10% shooter. He's got a slightly high PDO of 104. So, like, it mostly comes down to I just don't believe he's this good of a scorer. But a lot of it, too, just has to do with kind of the situations they're on uh, and their respective teams. Like, I don't trust – we talked about it, but I don't trust Torch to stick with anyone through a slump. Hmm. And, like, that's – I mean, Gagne's kind of bound for one at some point this year. And just in general, Columbus has a lot more depth up front than Philly does to threaten ice time in all situations, and he's not even really getting in right yeah, now. Yeah, he doesn't even – he can't even talk. Like, no. It, it's crazy, like, too. The one thing that was kind of blew me away about Gagne was the other night when Felino didn't play. 
and they mm-hmm. called up uh, our buddy Oliver Bjorkstrand, <laughs> the boy, and, buddy. Uh, and we thought like it, I'm show. like okay, like this will give Gagne, who's been exceptional on the power play, a chance to move up to that top line, see what he can do. Yeah, nothing. Instead, he stayed in the fourth line. Bjorkstrand goes straight from the AHL to the top line. Well, yeah, yeah. you don't try play. to understand what Torts does, and that's. But, I mean, obviously, a lot of his production's coming on the power play, uh, which is huge for for fantasy owners yeah. too. But uh, I, I also like I don't think Shen's in the same boat. But yeah, Shen's been way too reliant on the power play, right? Like six of his eight goals have come on the power yep. play. But at least it's kind of made up for his struggles. That Th- even thirteen of his twenty, right? So I think at the end of the time, like the year finishes, he'll probably be around fifty-five points. Yeah. But uh, I think Gagne, ahead of Sam Gagne, right? Well. I just think Gagne with the usage he's getting right now will be lucky to get there. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the wingers, uh, a couple of wingers who still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Two guys I was very high on during the season. Two guys are playing extremely well right now. We've got David Pasternak in Boston. Ole. Uh, 88% owned. Uh, or Jeff Skinner, 80% owned. So right now, Pasternak, 18 goals and 6 assists in 25 games. Uh, four of those goals coming on the power play. He's currently averaging 3.3 so- socks shots per game, shooting an insane 21.4% shooting percentage. And then Jeff Skinner... Jeff Skinner, 11 goals, 14 assists in 28 games. He has four goals on the power play, 11 points on the power play, averaging a very impressive 3.79 shots per game, uh, shooting 10.4%. D back to you, Skinner or Pasternak, rest of the season. So I actually think this one's pretty tough because, uh, I mean, obviously Pasternak is shooting like super high, right? Like he's 21% right yeah. now. Uh, it's due to come down, but like we've seen him be a good shooter however long he's been in the NHL, right? Like, mm-hmm. so we have no reason to believe he can't like at least hover around fifteen percent, um, you know, like above like the higher tier of shooting percentage anyway that can kind of be maintained uh, maintained over you know hundreds of games at yep. a time. Uh, but his possession numbers have been insane this year. He's sixty one percent on the year at even strength, and a relative Corsi of over nine. Uh, I. I still not sure I have those right. Like I feel like I might have looked at something wrong, but right, like that's crazy, right? Like yeah. that's that's like that's Crosby territory. So there's obviously like he's he's a good player. There's some sustainability to his numbers, but I think he's like the goals at the very least are due to come back a touch. It's crazy to so many of his goals. It just seems like he's literally just popping in like empty nets. Like he's yeah. always wide open. But no, like of guys that have played like a healthy number of games, like that whole line yeah. is just on. Like Bergeron's the top, Corsi, uh, Marshawn second. Stall, Jordan Stall third, and then Pasternak fourth in yeah. the league with a, a Corsi four of sixty point six five. Like, I can't. I, the whole line's just been insane. It's crazy, dude. Like I was literally looking at that, and I was like, no, like I must be looking at all situations right now where like power plays factored in, right? Like, no, like, it, it's it's real life. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, but like Skinner on the other hand, twenty five points in twenty eight games. He's on pace for a career high of three hundred and ten shots, uh, shooting percentage in line with his career mark at ten point four, and he's still a solid possession player in his own right. He's got fifty two point four for the season. Uh, and a slightly low PDO is 97.4. Uh, so there's a lot to like on either side here. I think you can go either way, but I'll go Skinner just because I think his production numbers alone are a little bit more sustainable. But at the same time, if Pasternak sees a drop in goals, which I think he inevitably will, he could just as easily see a rise in assists. Like, I think he well, that's could, the one thing could too, have like more His, his assists are way down, but then you look at Patrice Bergeron, who just like can't score at all. Yeah. It's, it's so bizarre. But, uh, Biebs... I was going to say, I would love to have a little bit of an input on this one, but um, I'm you guys kind of covered all of Pasternak there. I was gonna, I'm was going to, i going with Pasternak. Um, they're both obviously proven that they're that they're great goal scorers. Um, but for me, um, 
as D covered, his uh, shooting percentage has been relatively high throughout his first 122 games, and uh, something that I do think, even if he does regress a little bit, still be up in the 17-18s by the end of the year, and that's going to be good for a good, I'd say 30, 35, even 40 yeah. goals. Well, he set push. himself up well at, yeah. to this point. Um, He's so, got ahead of the pace for sure. Yeah, for me, it's Pasternak. You're a big Pasternak guy. Like the pasta, okay. Rick Nash, 86% owned, or Jaden Schwartz, 72% owned. Nash, 16 minutes of ice time per night, 11 goals, 7 assists in 27 games. Um, he's averaging 2.89 shots per game, shooting 14%. Jaden Schwartz, 11 goals, 7 assists as well. Um, in 26 games, he has 3 power play goals and is shooting 16% on the season. Um, Biebs, Rick Nash, Jaden Schwartz, rest of the season. Oh, this one wasn't even tough. Uh, Jaden Schwartz for me... Um Jaden Schwartz is finally healthy. I mean, we always talk about his health. And uh, he had a slow start at the beginning of the year. And that was, again, just from him not being healthy to begin the year. Um, he's been he's been on fire lately. Um, he's playing up top with Tarasenko, Robbie Fabry on the top line, as well as top power play unit. Um, really bodes well for him going through the rest of the year. Um, St. Louis did have their struggles, but that's a team that's way too good to, uh, to struggle for long. So I do see him carrying out better than Rick Nash, who I think his better days are past him. Where Jane Schwartz is, but it's that Rick Nash season. I, I know. I just I don't believe it's gonna happen all year. <laughs> it's that Rick Nash. I just keep uh, bringing it up. I can't. I can't believe it's gonna happen. Um, but Jane Schwartz, twenty four. This is gonna be. I, I think. I think he's gonna be closer to his sixty two point year from a couple years ago. I love Jane uh, Schwartz. I, I, I do like Jane Schwartz yeah. a lot as well. So yeah. D. Uh, so I, I went back and forth a little bit. I'm gonna go with Schwartz. Uh, Though, but like they're both shooting over fourteen percent, but like Schwartz hovers around thirteen for his career. Mm-hmm. Even though, like literally, like Schwartz has only played about two hundred games in his career. Even though he's been in the league for about six, seven years, right? <laughs> he's only up. played about four years worth of games. But still, that's a long enough mark where you could say, okay, this guy's an above average shooter. Nash sits at a ten uh, for his career, which is about average. He's more of a shot when he's put up his big seasons. Uh, comes from more of shot volume than anything else. Um, and Schwartz has been the better possession player the last few years. And because of the Rangers' crazy scoring depth for no reason up front this year, <laughs> I think Schwartz's role going forward is a lot safer. The one scares, obviously, can he stay healthy? But I think as long as he's healthy, he's the better player of the two. Even Nash, so Nash has been <laughs> impressive this year. Like it has kind of been one of those Nash years on pace for 32 goals. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not the 40 that like he's no, done. He's a little older now too, though. But it's uh, it has actually been one of those Rick yeah. Nash years. It's so insane that yeah. he's just I every, just, every oh, I can't believe that it's going to keep going. Every other season, it's just insane. But uh, let's move along. We have four more here. Uh, moving to the blue line now, Dougie Hamilton, who's been really impressive this year, 89% owned, or Duncan Keith, 98% owned. Um, Dougie Hamilton has six goals, 17 points in 31 games. Um, he's averaging a really impressive from a defenseman, 2.97 shots per game, shooting at 6.5%. Keith plays t- over 26 minutes a night. He has no goals, but in a nice 18 assists in 31 games. Um, he averages 2.23 shots per game. But obviously, a shooting zero percent. Beebs, we'll start with you again. Uh, Hamilton or Keith? Yeah, the first thing that really stood out to me was Hamilton's ninety-two shots on the year, and then uh, Keith's sixty-nine. I mean, they're not that far off on each other. But if you look at just just who's shooting the puck, too, ninety-two shots from Dougie Hamilton is a lot better than sixty-two from. uh, Not not that Duncan Keith can't rip a bomb, but not as much as Dougie Hamilton can. <laughs> and uh, we've really seen Dougie Hamilton kind of step into the, the role that a lot of us, I think, expected last year from him when he first got traded mm-hmm. to Calgary. Um, he's starting to become that that solidified, maybe not number one yet, but he's getting in, coming into that number one role. I like him going forward. He seems to only be getting more and more comfortable. He seems to be getting more ice as TJ Brody continues to regress. 
And um, 92 shots, extremely impressive through 31 games. I just, I, I really like the position he's in. Um, it's like they're trying, starting to trust him. It was him weird because, like, he was like, it was, he was going through that phase where he wasn't really playing a lot, like, or it looked like they were going to trade him. And they were losing. And then they kind of, like, put him up with Giordano right amongst all that. And then his minutes just skyrocketed, his possession, or his, uh, his numbers just skyrocketed. And then they were like, yeah, we're not trading this guy. He's actually unbelievable. Yeah. And, and anyways, but, uh, D. Hamilton or Keith? Yeah, I'm going to say Dougie. Uh, Keith has relied on, you know, around 10 goals the last few seasons to break 40 points. Yep. Uh, he hasn't broken 40 assists for the last few years. I don't know how long it's been. Um, but, I, I, so I just think this drought to start the year has put him too far behind. And when you think about it, right, like, yeah, he's shooting zero right now, but he's only a 5% or so career shooter. So it's really cost him, what, like two to three goals at this point, yeah. right? So, yeah, 4.7 on his Yeah, point. when you think about it, on the other hand, like, not only has Hamilton increased his shot production on the year, like Beep said, he's up to about three a game from the back end, which is awesome. Um, that's like elite shot volume uh, for a defenseman. Uh, his percentage is not wavered from his career mark of 6%, which is slightly high for a defenseman. Like Beep says, he's got a bomb back there. So I, I think even if Keith manages to surpass him in points, because Keith's uh, assists are actually slightly up this year, Hamilton has put himself at just such a really good shot at breaking 15 goals, which is so valuable for in fantasy from a defenseman. Yeah, and just like the shots alone, obviously, that's the one thing that you always got to look at, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much is the guy shooting? Because like sometimes goals are just like, you know, you'd be seeing like, you know, Ian Cole score a couple goals there last week and like, oh, like, oh should I pick up Ian Cole? Like, the guy yeah. averages like three shots every three nights. Like, yeah. Where Dougie Hamilton's averaging almost three shots per game. Like, from a defenseman, like that's like Brent Burns territory. Yeah. Like, he, it's that's like the closest thing to it, right? That's the type of uh, production you're really looking for from a defenseman. Um, but moving along to a couple more defensemen, we've got Ivan Provorov, 28%. I was digging a little bit on this one. Yeah. I hope you guys took the bait. Uh, I'm kind of doubting that you will. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Provorov, 28%. Very strong rookie year so far. Minutes just continued to increase in Philadelphia. Or Keith Yandel, who's been off to a bit of a, a slow first quarter in his first year in Florida. D, we'll start with you on this one. Ivan Provorov, Keith Yandel, rest of the season, who you got? I'll take Yandel. There's not a whole lot to go off between these two. Uh, you know, besides Yandel struggling to shoot the puck right now, and Provorov uh, relatively impressing through his first 30 NHL games. I just think moving forward, Yandel is kind of cemented at 20-plus minutes a night with power play time, while Provorov's role, you know, as a rookie is just naturally less stable. So I, I just think a lot's got to bounce his way for him to outproduce Yandel at this point. Yeah, yeah I, I went with Yandel originally, but um, on, honestly, there is a pretty strong case here for Provorov. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of an upside versus uh, downside type thing. Provorov could totally, you know, keep doing what he's doing, jump his way up. You did mention he's going up on time on ice. If he keeps going up, I love Philly's lineup for fantasy yeah, purposes. They're great. Um, and if he can kind of get in on all of that or continue to do what he's doing, I mean, at this pace, he's still on average to get just below 40 points. That's pretty nice from a D-man. Um, Yandel, on the other hand, just doesn't seem to be fitting that well in Florida, and who knows if that's ever going to happen. Um, if he continues to struggle, he could, I, I don't know, they could could end up throwing you know Mike Matheson up in there or something mm-hmm. like that, another young person. But I, yeah, I don't know. Well, at, at least take time, away from his power play exactly. time, right? But at the yeah. same time, it's Keith Yandel. He's a phenomenal defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, he always has been a great fantasy, not always, but he has been a great fantasy defenseman yeah. for years. Yeah. There's no reason we should think he should stray from that. Yeah. So, and obviously I mean, we're talking redraft leagues. Like in keeper leagues, there's a way stronger case Oh, yeah, for Provorov, Pro exactly. Yeah, but but redraft, it's... Provorov, the one thing, too, I think is I um, earlier in the year we saw him, like he was still playing fairly big minutes at the start of the year, but I think they're kind of starting, like, it seemed like a lot of the burden was on Goss's bear at the start of the year, and, like, he kind of got healthy scratch, and then right around that time, I think they started to realize, oh, you know what, I think we can use Proveroff and these, you know, and play him 
20, 24 minutes a night, and yeah. he's going to be fine. He's played over 20 minutes in 12 of his last 13 mm-hmm. games, um, yeah. and he's picked up, like, I think three goals and four or five assists over that he's span. Definitely looking so a lot more he's, he's looking right a lot there. more comfortable. Uh, he's starting to see more power play time as well. I like Proveroff a lot. I, I'm not allowed to answer these questions, but I'm a big fan of Proveroff. <laughs> I, I, Keith Yandel is another one of my favorite defensemen, like, in the last couple of years, but it's just, I expected so much more out of him and, and uh, Aaron yeah, Ekblad to start the year, but you know what? Like I still. There's just so much going on in that Florida locker room. It seems like with yeah. the coaching change and that, you no know, one wants it, to be patient. Yeah, and it's just so bizarre. <laughs> it's weird. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird. But uh, let's move into the crease now. Oh, Dee's favorite spot. Oh yeah. Yeah, but these are these are some pretty tight arguments, I think. But maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I think I this one was no, the hardest one. It's probably the best one. Yeah, I've yeah got, I think this one was the hardest one. I've got one. Matt Murray, who's been exceptional since returning from a broken hand, at eighty-seven percent owned versus exceptionalist <laughs> versus Martin Jones, ninety-nine percent owned. Uh, Matt Murray is eleven and two, one eighty-four goals against, nine thirty-six save percentage, and two shutouts. Martin Jones, fourteen ten and one, two oh seven goals against, nine twenty-one save percentage, and two shutouts. Since D hates goalies, we're gonna start with him. Okay, so like I said, I actually think this is the hardest one on here. And not just because I think goalies are super hard to project. But, uh, you know, Jones has been solid in his young career. 920 save percentage. And has the firm number one in San Jose. Uh, while we all expect Flurry to continue getting some starts, regardless of the play of both him and Murray, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we think there's outside factors driving this. and uh, Money. Expansion draft. <laughs> something like that. Draft. Yeah. So, exactly. So, uh, I, you know, Murray... And his younger career, including the playoffs, has boasted a 929 save percentage and a crazy 35-10-1 record, <laughs> which obviously is more of a testament to how good the Pens is, uh, you know, combined with his solid Pens play over is. that run. Pens, Pens are. Pens are. <laughs> Pens is. You've always, because I was attributing the pronoun the team, and then I said pens. So, Pens is. that's my excuse on that one. It made sense. Anyway. Um... So, it. but um, you know, it obviously wins are super fantasy re- re- uh, relevant, and how good a player's team is uh, definitely matters. Um, so I think I'll take Murray because I believe uh, it just seems like the quality of his starts are going to be slightly above Jones, and might be able to keep up with him and wins despite getting less starts because of how good the Pens are. Is is <laughs> um, though I think Jones is probably the safer bet. Beebs? Um, I literally wrote I would love to have both because one thing <laughs> I've struggled with in fantasy this True. year is goaltending. But um, between the two of them, yeah, they're both phenomenal young goalies, um, one younger than the other. But Martin Jones is who I had to take between the two here. And D kind of touched upon it. Martin Jones just really has that stability in Nash or in sorry in, in Nashville in San Jose um, because I would like to like see how many people could name San Jose's backup off the top of their head right Aaron now Dill. well yeah you can you can <laughs> have a website for it but the amount of people who would not be able to say it would be like uh, is Alex Stalock still there something like that is Nabokov still around I would have said Stalock yeah I would have <laughs> No, yesterday yesterday when the Leafs were playing them, someone asked me that. They're like, who is San Jose's backup? And I sat there. I was like, I'm like, I'm clueless right now. But yeah, it's Dell. Um, but what can Dell do for you? Yeah, he's not going to be... St- is that even what it is? No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's who's the backup. No, it's what can Brown do oh, for okay, you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, what's yeah. the Dell thing, though? They used to be... I thought you Aaron Dell their backup. No, I think yeah. they just like... They had a cool slogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but... 
Mark Andre Fleury is um, at any time. I mean, Matt Murray's had a very, as we mentioned as well, a, a, not a very small sample size, but a small sample size. Yeah, no. Um, is, if yeah. he starts to regress, forty-six games, right? Yeah, you don't you don't uh, pay and uh, have Fleury have a talented goalie like Fleury just to sit on the bench. It's true. So he will. Uh, so say Murray falters for a couple of games, Fleury steps up, right? Puts post a couple shots. I saw can see, even with uh, Jones last year, where his job was less. Yeah, secure, he could absolutely had a lot shit of the bed, right? and then right. Dell's not going to be right. Taken like out. his job was. <laughs> Not nearly as secure as it is now, right? And he was still had a lot of rope last year when he struggled for a good reason. Like he's a good goalie, yeah. And just had his bad stretch, but yeah. Both goalies though that are putting up uh, that have been will have put up really good shutout numbers as well, which is a pretty uh, it's a stat that people look over, but it's one where you can win a week on it. So both nice. Okay, wrapping it up here, wrapping up the face off or the would you rather or both, whichever you want to call it. What can Dell do for you? Yep. Chad Johnson, 74% owned, for Roberto Luongo, 93% owned. Biebs, back to you. So easy. My boy Lou. Um, he did just destroy his stick after giving up five yesterday. I don't know he if you guys sure saw did. that. But, um, no, it's the same thing it's as same. having Marc-Andre Fleury back up uh, Matt Murray. Um, there's a good goalie backing up Chad Johnson and someone who they gave up a lot to get. Um, and I do think that Chad Johnson is going to start to regress. He's playing great so far, and I love every second of it. Good for him. Um, True, and Super he's proud. really rewarded owners. So proud. But Luongo just has uh, there, there's more chance of Luongo succeeding. Florida's yeah. gonna figure it out. We've mentioned it. Um, yeah, I, I like Lou. Yeah, I'm with you here too. Like, uh, they're actually like Johnson's got a 918 career save percentage. Yeah, which Johnson's is above bad. average. I didn't realize how good he is. And it's right in mind with uh, Luongo's, which is 919. Um, who and but okay, so Johnson's at 932 this year through 18 starts somehow. Uh, Luong goes at 19, more in line with the average. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll take Lou. He's, uh, he's on the better team, I still think. Um, we all think Florida's got a lot of potential to turn it around there. Uh, stronger track record, but, you know, what does that really mean? He's just got probably more to do that he's made way more starts than Johnson. But, you know, I just don't uh, uh, expect Johnson to continue performing this high above his career average. And, yeah, like you, I don't think we've seen the last of Brian Elliott. I think no. once Johnson struggles, like Elliott – We'll definitely have a chance to get back in there and steal a lot of starts. And you know he's going to be down. And he's always done better when he plays less. Oh, so. yeah. You know that's that right, as right. an house fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> better than any. I learned. So. It's crazy. Boom. I, agree. I agree with that for sure. Um, I love Johnson a lot. <laughs> no, I was just I was trying to, I was trying to think about I was, trying to, you <laughs> I was trying to think about what I could say about Brian Elliott, but I agree. like I just I just try to so like much, I, I try to just not talk about Brian Elliott because I was so high on him. Yeah. But like this is so what I thought Brian high. Elliott was gonna do. It's yeah. just Chad Johnson. But it was funny. It's I was, just Chad Johnson. It was uh, the, somebody I can't Maybe remember. I, I feel bad, but it, it was somebody who was tweeting out today about uh, it was like all of the. Uh, it's a D reference right here. No, no. Oh, it was... Uh, Somebody said something. It was... Uh, <laughs> AOL, AOL keyword I read Mike. it somewhere. Mike Fail. He, uh, he, was, okay. he was saying... Uh, it was like all the underlying numbers for the Flames during their six-game winning streak. Yeah. And it was Not just good. like insane how much like they rely on Hamilton. Chad Johnson. No, Hamilton oh. and, and, Bro- and uh, Giordano. It's the same it's thing a, as Brody and Giordano before. Dude, it's oh, yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, they're, just they're moved numbers, in a new guy. Like, they're, they're, but that's what I was always saying. It's crazy because they play like literally half the game. Yeah. So it's, it's like they go from like a top five possession team to a bottom five possession team like depending Man, like, if they're okay, on the ice or so like, so like <laughs> It's crazy, dude. So like I think it was Gio and, and, and Hamilton yeah. were like their Corsi 4 was like 65 during like those six games, yeah. But then their other pairing, which was like Yoki Paka and Anglin, was like twenty five. Yeah. Like it was so bad. Yeah. Like, it was and then Brody and Weidman. Were and then like it was, it was literally between, just right? like it was like hey, if, these, if these two, it was like if these two, that's were, a pair and a half. If, if these two were on the ice, like we just get 
the shots. ECHL. And then if these guys are on the ice, it's like, yo, Chad Johnson, like, bro, you gotta stop. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, it's yeah. He knows he just gets the chill. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's Calgary just ride or dies with Giordano and, you know, now Insert Hamilton. Right poor Brody. We'll talk about Brody more. But, but uh, poor Brody. I'm, poor I'm, Brody. I was going to do way more pickups uh, before the break, but since this ran kind of long, we'll send it over to the Blue Stones for, uh, for a minute here. We'll come back with a waiver wire forward pickup and uh, keep it cut. Uh, we're going to do that really quick, which won't happen. We always say we're going to be quick, yeah. but we never do. But anyways, yeah. enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in six seconds. Broken down, so I walked the line. I dropped my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground. Episode 45, a very Mark Frazier episode of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Very Mark Frazier. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. We hope you enjoyed those sweet licks from the Blue Stones. Hope you caught them on Monday Night Football a week and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, they were... Uh, actually, it was on ESPN. It was for a commercial. Yeah, it was... For, like, the next yeah, we week's talked Monday Night Football game. Yeah. Did you? I think yeah. we mentioned it. I think... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. So now we're going to do... what? Andrew. <laughs> hey, you know, if people miss it or something. There you go. Because I was, they saw I wasn't going to be on, so they just did. LBI. <laughs> He's back. We back. Um, so we're going to move right into some waiver wire Proud pickups now. Thanks, buddy. Uh, you know, uh, who are we talking about? Alex Kilcheniak recently hit the shelves. Six to eight weeks. Yeah, Six to eight weeks. Absolutely hit the shelves. Yeah, hit the shelf. Chilling with the elf on the shelf. <laughs> Deharnay too, but he's not as important. No. Yeah. But, uh, he's important to them, but he's not right. important. And we haven't done waiver wire pickups in a while, unless you guys also did that last week. Yeah, we did one each. Sick. It's okay. All right. You listen. We it's haven't right. done it consistently in a while, so we're going to consistently... Well, it just seems like a good time, you know. <laughs> yeah, Gal- know. was carrying a lot of fantasy teams, I think, and uh, it's yeah. a nice time to maybe help some people out with, with it, you know, the... Maybe right. they pick somebody it's that time up. Of year, maybe right? they pick somebody up, and we're Your like, "Hey, this guy's carried there. by Chucky." So we'll uh, we'll throw it to you the Beavs man since he's got a lot to say right now. Yeah, quite a bit. Can't stop talking. <laughs> Kick him off the mic. What's up? Sorry, I didn't get that much uh, so, uh, first half. I just want some. What uh, forward some on the wire are you looking to target right now, sir? It's way too easy. Um, Robbie Fabry. I couldn't believe he was only thirty nine percent owned. So easy. Eh? Someone that uh, someone I was super high on coming into this year, yep. mostly because so our boy Jaden Schwartz was injured, and that meant Robbie Fabry was playing on the first line. But now, Jane Schwartz is healthy. Robbie Fabry's still on the first line. Crazy how that And he's only 39% old. Well, they were like, hmm, Yuri Letera is pretty shit. Yeah. 
And they're like, oh, Robbie Fabry's phenomenal. Apologies so, to you, the Terra. Yeah. <laughs> Five yeah, points his in his last <laughs> four <laughs> games for uh, for Fabry, um, and that, and he's just he's averaging up in the seventeen minutes per game in those ga- yeah, across those games. He's getting a lot of ice. <laughs> I love when Beeps messes just up. Just absolutely <laughs> eat it. <laughs> he can't just like pick it up. He always just has to. Bleh. No, yeah, you gotta let just it get out. out of there. But yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's also on the top power play unit in St. Louis with Tarasenko. Ter- yeah, Sanko. Uh, he's going to be on like TSM with like Bob McKenzie one day, and they're going to be like, like asking him like the quiz questions, and we're just going to see Beebs on TV. Like, they're like, what are you but doing? That, sorry, that's my uh, thing I do when I mess up. <laughs> like, take 17. So Robbie Fabry? Robbie Fabry, scoop him. Robbie Fabry, yeah. If you're in one of those 61% other leagues, scoop that dude. There you go. <laughs> um... So I'll try to save this. That was funny. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian Little. <laughs> he's got six points in eight games since coming back from his injury. I think he's still at 30. Fan of the show. Yeah, he is a fan of the show. Cambridge Little. <laughs> 38% own right now across the Yahoo standard formats. Uh, he's back up to about 18 minutes a night. Uh, you know, we talk about it a lot, but one of the more underrated players in fantasy uh, since the 2012-13 season, Little's averaged <laughs> 0.73 points per game. That's a 61-point pace over 82. And that includes an underappreciated 42 points in 57 games last Super season. I wish so we could just, like, my main point, <laughs> My main point is that staying healthy is the biggest thing for Little. Uh, and as long as he is healthy and on the ice, which, you know, spoiler, he is right now, um, he should <laughs> definitely be owned in all formats. There's no reason for this guy to be on the wire. I, assuming that that 38 is going to jump above 50 pretty soon. Um, so I would get on that as soon as possible if someone hasn't already in your league. He's right around that Fabry percent, like Beebs was saying. Um, and, yeah, just a good good. Patrick Line is pretty good, right? Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. People love that guy for some reason. Um. <laughs> no, though, I wish we oh, could yeah. just like. I wish like he's like, like second best player in the draft or something. I wish we could type in like Brian Little and sure. just pull up like all of our Brian Little clips ever because it's always like this guy <laughs> so is underrated as he people. is though. No, Everyone likes respect for Brian Little. It's he's true. A, he's like Alex Wenberg. You know what? No there's, respect. A lot of people little, like to say no he was riding the tails of Wheeler and Lad, but I think more like they were riding his. It was a little more Lad. Ryan yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah, right? It's terrible. Right? Can we just we'll, cut him right Ryan now? We'll just we'll shirt the show. Right right Latin and the Terrace family. Cut him in the free so right. But anyways, if you, guys so, are, if you guys are in a super deep league. Yeah, Brock's about to yeah. get way deep. Way deep. Like the deepest league. If you're in a real deep league. <laughs> Jesus. <I'm laughs> um, but anyways, I'm Do looking at my boy, 29, 29-year-old Derek Ryan. Now, I'm, I'm 29. In, I'm in on Ryan partially, yeah. partially because of the Prime story. Years. You made up his name, didn't you? Partially because Pick of the story. first name. The 29 year old is taking the long way to get to the NHL. Not he went to the University of Alberta. Wrote a feature article on this. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> then it's played not. three years in Austria, one year in Sweden before coming back to North America last year. This is a synopsis of a movie or Derek Ryan's <laughs> hockey career? Yeah. He had 55 <laughs> points in 70 uh, AHL games last year. Shit, Started the year this year. 13 points in nine yeah, games with Charlotte what? before getting called Charlotte up. Charlotte what? Bobcat. Checkers. There you go. No, what? Really? Charlotte yeah, Checkers. Yeah, they are the Checkers. No way. Go ask Justin Peters. <laughs> How's he knowing that? 
He has uh, he has four Sean goals. <laughs> he has four goals and six assists in his it last nine games since being called up. <laughs> you guys are just not taking this pick up seriously. No, right like he's two percent owned. He's twenty nine year old rookie. What do you want it's me like, to do? Yeah, it's you Kenny Ryan. I'll take him seriously when Dennis Quaid plays him in a movie. Okay, Kyle Ryan, right? played six games. Last, right? you get that rookie. Right? Oh yeah, cool, cool. He, played, <laughs> he played six games for the Hurricanes last year. He's a two. high school science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, if you're gonna play with Carolina. Who else would you rather play with than Victor Rask and Jeff Skinner, who he's you're currently right. playing with right now? That's right. true. If the guys that Beebs and D names aren't available because you're in a super deep league, super deep. However, Beebs wants to do it. Take a peek at Ryan. If you're not interested, if you're not interested in picking him up, at least you got to know his journey. <laughs> the show went off the rails. No, if you're in one so of those fast. like crazy 25 roster spots. 20 team leagues like Dude, pick him up for he has 10 spot. points in 9 games he's playing with Skinner and Rass he's worth a little yeah, pick okay, up okay pick him up in DraftKings as of right now yeah, I did he's got 10 points in 9 games he's yeah, a great you should have led with that I yeah, did where, you led no, with 29 plays in CIS like what what do yeah, you want but, you want respect after that yeah, he deserves he deserves respect I had him in DraftKings last night 3 apples I doesn't even have a pen anyways let's move on you guys just blew up no 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 no. I actually think it's a good deep suggestion yeah, real deep. Seriously, like 10 points in 9 games, that's that's something, man. That is something. That's yeah, a hot thir- streak. 13 points in 9 AHL games. That's, that's good. Scorer. That is good. He learned a lot of shit in Austria. But anyways, let's move on to Keeper Cut. Let's make this quick. We'll rip through it. Biebs will start with you. What we're going to do is we're going to start with the guys who are the least owned and move to the guys who are more owned. Uh, to, you know, Get into the meatier ones as we move along. We're going to start in Calgary. TJ Brody. 32% owned keeper cut. Um, I was just laughing because I read what I wrote about him. Um, I just read wrote he's shit right now. Cut. Oh. Um, but no, I think we went over it with the Dougie Hamilton situation. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is the new TJ Brody, and they're using him like he's the new TJ Brody. Um, so I say you with cut. With a better shot. Yeah, you cut TJ Brody. Even if you're in one of those deeper, deeper leagues, there's guys who are putting up. He only has seven points. There's guys who are going to put that up and not give you a minus 16 to go along with it. So cut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say cut as well. Uh, yes, his PDO is awful. He's had some really bad luck. Uh, PDO at 93 right now, which is terrible. Um, but he's also posting a negative relative Gorsi for the first time in his career. Likely has a lot to do with not playing with Giordano mm-hmm. all the time. And like we said, still playing away from Gio. Uh, and it seems Hamilton has more or less stolen his job. Um, he took her G- Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, and like Hamilton's actually at this point uh, has more power play time than Brody, and just basically by every measure has kind of taken over he what just Brody is the was. New DJ Brody. Yeah. And he the, is. the worst thing about not playing with Giordano is that it means you have to play with Dennis Weidman, um, <laughs> or Derek Englund, or Yuri Yokipaka. That guy. Um, My favorite. So yes, Brody has uh, had some crummy luck this year, but his play has also kind of seems to be diminishing. And he's not playing with Geo, which is the main thing that we're trying to drive home here. And his peak production probably isn't even worth waiting out at this point, which is the main reason why he should cut. Yeah, he's really like I can't really add much more. It's not really worth holding on to. You're not no. playing with Geo. You're I like think, hoping he gets I back think, to. I think obviously game, playing with Geo yeah. inflated his numbers, and then now you gotta go play with Dennis Wyman. Right. But I do he's, think he was a good player in his own right for sure. I, no, yeah, I oh think yeah. Brody's great. Yeah, he just the, but the, the drop off from Geo to Wyman to yeah. Anglin to Yoki Pocket there's just no depth there you either Again, play with Gio or you don't Hokey Pokey yeah what's his name you're a Yoki Pocky you're a Yoki Pocky you're a Yoki Pocky sorry anyways uh, moving on stay with the blue line here I just here. the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jock Docky Office Lindholm 41 they're gonna socks him off <laughs> 
Office Lindholm, 41% owned D, keep your cut. Uh, okay, so I'm probably going to cut him, I think. It's kind of like, it's tough because, you know, um, it's a lot of hype coming into this year, but I think he kind of uh, got behind the eight ball, obviously, with the whole contract thing to start the season. A little bit yeah. with, you know, Randy Carlin. It's, 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 it's crazy because if he would have just signed before the year started, right. they probably would have been like, let's trade Cam Fowler, and then Hampus Lindholm right. would have been... Or he would have been playing with Vatanen, or he would have been playing with Fowler. Yeah, it's, right? but it's just crazy. Like It seemed like they were like so set on trading Shot Fowler, the and then now Fowler's their best defenseman. Yeah. And, like, Carlisle has a tendency of falling in love with, like, his top pair. Like, Did his, you hear what he said about Fowler? What did he say? Bro. Did he say Scott Niedemeyer or something? No, he say that's bro, Scott, that guy bro, looks they like were talking to him. They were talking to him, and they were like, how valuable is Cam Fowler to this team? He's like, this is like if Brent Burns or, like, Eric Carlson, like, got hurt for, for a lot of I like, like, that's, that's how much high. he was like, this is the best, like, the Randy giving Randy answers. Yeah, that's such a Randy answer. Yeah. Like he would have said the same thing about Dion Phaneuf. Good one, Randy. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Randy. Um, so it's funny though. Yeah, but that just kind of highlights our point. So he's uh, the main thing is his power play time, right? Like he's well, not producing on even strength. One point seven power play minutes a game. Uh, funny enough, Fowler and Vatnin are literally double that at three point four per game on the year. Okay, the one thing too is it's the lowest power play time of Lindholm's career yeah. and the highest power play time of both Fowler and Vatnin. Right, and like Fowler and Vatnin have both played really good. Fowler's um, probably the best hockey of his career. Oh yeah, yes, but I like there's no turning back at this point for Randy Carlo. Like that's his top pair. He's gonna ride or die with those guys, and unfortunately, Lindholm's the outside looking in. And I just think the D is actually kind of fairly deep this year, where you can usually find some solid options yeah. on the wire. Um, keeper got him. And I'd rather just have a guy with more consistent power play time. Go ahead. Uh, cut. I'm pretty sure this... Did, he had two points in his first game back, too, didn't he? This was I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he did. So he, that means he has one goal in between that spread. Um, yeah. Like D said, there's other guys you could grab there. You can mm-hmm. put up that type of production. Maybe a lot of them, it, it's Take so, a shot on Provorov. It's funny. And I do like Lindholm a lot. Cut him. I think so Lindholm's a really good defender. Good. I just yeah, need to too. fantasy Cut him. Trade not him. at this point. Like, not if he's not getting the power play time. Like, oh, yeah. He's not oh. offensively gifted enough to carry it at even strength. I basically like, have nothing else to add. Like, yeah. he, 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 I said everything. Like, not to be a homer here for a second, but like we talked about how Morgan Riley's still holding his own without getting a lot of power play time to start the year because he can kind of still carry play at even strength. They just score a lot. Yeah, true. And that's just not happening with the Ducks. They just don't get that many shots. Lindholm is a great defenseman yeah really good defenseman but like when you're when, when all of your minutes draw yeah yeah then you're in trouble and um, like power and play time is more crucial to defensemen oh, in fantasy huge, than yeah. forwards right like and we're not talking early season anymore where it's you know he's getting his legs he's got his legs he's, he's uh, been back for a yeah. bit yeah yeah, yeah. and like yeah, he's four, he's, he's fourth among anaheim defensemen in power play time on ice per game like it's yeah. It's too yeah, far yeah. down the depth chart. But anyways, yeah, along. Gustav Nyquist, 46% owned. I'm going to start with this one. Go ahead. I'm keeping, <laughs> Gust- I'm keeping Gustav Nyquist, but it's not strictly because I'm a Red Wing fan. So sure, Jesus. Nyquist might only have just one goal in his last 24 games. Sure. That's brutal. But uh, he has a decent eight assists in that span. But better days should be ahead. Despite an ugly first quarter, he still ranks 37th in the NHL in points per 60 minutes. Um, ahead of the likes of Duchesne, Radulov, Anisimov. Who That's because he just plays like less minutes, five less power yeah. minutes a game and just but doesn't play. No even but like, okay, so the worst thing he ever did was when he got called up and scored 28 goals in 54 games. Right. And everyone was like, oh my God, he's like a 30 goal scorer. Right. And the next year, you have another good year. No, everyone was like, he's a 40 goal scorer. Yeah. He, he's more of a playmaker. He's looked really good with Vanek. I just like, I can't see him being this 
that like I don't think he's the 28 30 goal guy that we right. saw a couple no, years ago but I also don't think he's like the 11 goal pace that we've seen this year no. and he and he is a really strong playmaker I'm not ready to totally drop him obviously it depends what kind of league you're in but like I don't think his playmaking is enough though you I know? just like think like he's like saying, I think like, like one goal in 24 think, games isn't do something right like right right but I, I feel like best case he's like 20 goals 30 35 Especially assists at this right point, yeah which well, is still fairly that's like that's a bottom of your roster guy it's borderline is what we're talking but, about yeah, like that's why that's why he got yeah that's where he got drafted as and I think that he's more than capable I think I'd be like I'm in a lot of fantasy hockey leagues and I'd be hard pressed to find somebody better than Gustav Knight like potential wise so the hard thing about me is that uh, yeah not only did he rely on an 18.3 shooting percentage in that year to prop 28 goals in what was it 57 games yeah he also had his best shot per game pace he had 153 in that 57 games he hasn't even come close to flirting with three games since then right like 2014 195 over full 82 man guys who shoot shoot like it doesn't matter I'm telling you uh, his shot rates decreased again last year, 161 over 82. Uh, this year has been his worst shooting the puck, like we said, uh, down to 6.6%. But he's shooting okay. last two, 61 shots over 30 games, almost identical to what he did last year. 160 shots is not enough for this guy to be fantasy relevant, I don't think so. Cutting bait. I'm cutting bait. Yeah. Beebs? Keeping it short, because that was the memo I got for this, but I'm cutting bait on him too. Um, he's currently playing on the third line, not even touching the power play. I just know I have to come prepared when I got to talk down a wing. Yeah. Oh no, I like that. I no, it's just like, that. like it. I mean, like you said, I, I took on the impossible task of trying to defend a guy who has one goal in twenty-four games. Yeah. Well, I still think there's a case like either way. Like, there's not always a solid option on your. I do think, wire, yeah, right? he like, is. There's some upside, but I think, you know, generally looking at guys that are around his own percentage, I think yeah. you know, he's getting to the point where, like, at what point. You know, is it too far where you say, you know what, maybe this guy right. isn't as good as... Right. He, he was our best player yesterday in the worst game of our years. That's got to yeah, be something. Say he lost 4-1 Arizona. But uh, this one should be quick. I'm going to start it. <laughs> Again, because I love it. I just want to rip this guy apart a little bit. Uh, Chris Kunitz, 47% owned. I say cut. No point in rostering this guy unless he's playing uh, with Crosby. Yep. And he's not going to be playing with Crosby unless somebody like Kessel, Hornquist, and or Sheary gets injured or disappears, or, or gets kidnapped. <laughs> um, he isn't useful, like unless he's playing with him. It really doesn't matter. He needs to play with Sid. That's been him his entire he's career. Like, he's, he's, really, and he's really he's not rosterable. He's playing with Benito and Brian Rust. Yeah. Uh, and he's not even on the power right. player now. So, so not like, only like have his own numbers and like his own quality of play diminished because he's older, sorry, Kunitz. Um, you know, he's not he's playing with Crosby. And even when he was younger, again, sorry, Kunitz, uh, he wasn't relevant unless he was playing with Crosby. When he, you know, he was super relevant. He was really good at a time. But yeah, like you said, uh, six on the pens and power play time right now for forwards. Not even sniffing the power play. Right yeah. Sniffing. No, he's, not even, he's yeah. right. He's right sniffing on the edge. The he's getting in and out of there. Right. Uh, hasn't put up more than forty points since the tw- yeah a little bit. <laughs> hasn't put up more than forty points since 2013-14, and is playing the fewest minutes per game since the 2005-2006 season. <laughs> it's going what? back. What? We going back? I was twelve when that was happening. <laughs> yeah. Even- Beeb's cutting his ass, right? If you don't cut his ass, you're off the show. Yeah, cut your like, ass. Okay. He's gone. All right. Let, let Beeb take the next one because that's an easy oh, one. Oh, this one's tough too. Bobby Ryan, 47% on Beeb's keep the cut. Yeah, oh, my next one was way easier. Okay, we'll go to the next one and we'll skip him. Also 48% on Andrew Ladd. Keep I would cut. keep Bobby Ryan. I would cut Andrew Ladd. Um, Andrew Ladd, like, that guy's terrible right now. Like That team is terrible. <laughs> if you don't have John Tavares, 
do not have an Islander on your team. Do you, are you ready for this Andrew Ladd statistic? Yeah, do it. Hit me. You have to go to page six of NHL.com stat page to even find this guy. He's tied for 283rd in the NHL scoring. Where do you he have to go on less, the contract page, though? He has less points than Lucas Sedlak, sponsor of the show, Tom Pyatt, Curtis McKenzie, sponsored? Daniel Winnick, Marcus Foligno. Those are a lot of not Ross. That was fans. Marcus Foligno, by the way, not Nick Foligno. Yeah, Marcus. That was Marcus. The, uh, a lot of not Ross fantasy Foligno. players. You want to hear my favorite? How, how is Andrew Ladd 48? You want to hear my still? favorite Andrew Ladd stat? He's played 69 minutes. Yep, that's right. 69 nice. minutes of Strong power play time. Number. Hasn't registered a point. With Tavares? Just 69 minutes on the power play this year. I can, on the power play. Yeah, I can play 69 point. minutes in the NHL. And get a point. Like, play. what are you doing out there? I, what I, you doing out there? No, 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 Brock. Do not say I could, it. Do not say it. Let's not I could, I could <laughs> Brock's like, yo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brock's like, yo, yeah, I can do just, it. like, lays down and no, turtles like, and the puck hits off. Honestly, what is Ladd doing out there? Because if he's not... Like, he could stand in front of the net. That's what I would do. A la David Clarkson, 28 goals. Is he wearing, like... Like, is he... Like, is someone what is wearing he doing? his jersey? I don't like. Is something happening? Is he just like he, playing NHL, holding triangle in the is corner, he and just the pinching yips? the boards the entire two minutes every time he's out there? Because I don't understand how you play, you know, a full game's worth of that's, power play time that's like, and not get a point. That's like what? Yeah. Because okay, like on average. You're so probably, yeah, he's been like snake bitten, but his play has fallen off. And he borderline sucks now, and he's not playing <laughs> he with Tavares. Borderline sucks. <laughs> he's not playing with Tavares. But literally, sorry, so lad. So you're out there for like maybe like what? On average, unless you're Alex Ovechkin, a minute on the power play. So he's been out there for 69 right. power plays, not a point. Yeah. Nothing. That's absurd. Oh, for 69. You could put five Dennis Seidenbergs out there in the island, <laughs> and they would. They'd, they'd probably would find a goal at some point. <laughs> yeah, Bobby yeah. Ryan, keep your cut. Make it quick. Cut. Move too far down the depth chart. Just 35 shots through 24 games. He's behind all of Broussard, Hoffman, Stone, and Kyle Turris in power play time. I got him. I think he just like. I still think he's kind of injured. Yeah. Like he's been banged up too. that hand injury. I think that hand injury. Cool. Is I don't think he's worth like, waiting for. Yeah. He's no, that's time. what I mean. Like yeah. I he, even is. He, he's not. There. And that was the thing. Like we, you were just saying that Nyquist production is isn't worth waiting for. Yeah. Nyquist production is, is board, bottom of the roster. In in, in Ryan's three years in. Mm-hmm. In Ottawa, his numbers have been consistently been borderline good. rosterable. Because, Bottom of, he, dude, when he, he was a 30-goal scorer, he was he, shooting 250 times a year, which he's never done in Ottawa. No, and he, 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 yeah, he turned into more of a playmate here. Mm-hmm. So he went from being a guy, bottom of the roster guy, to a waiver wire guy. Yeah. Like yeah. that. So I'm saying cut, you say cut, you say cut. I say keep as like a bottom end Ooh. guy for now. Yeah. Um, but again, just because he's most, more talented than anyone you're going to okay. find on the free agents. Really quick. Yeah. yeah you we have, said you, that. You have Gustav Nyquist, Chris Kunitz, Bobby Ryan, Andrew Lyde. You can keep one of them. Who are you keeping? Uh, Nyquist, Kunitz, Ryan, Lad, Bobby Ryan. Nyquist. Up you top. just wanted to hear him say Nyquist. No, I, I was, was genuinely wondering. Okay, goalie time. Semyon Varlamov beams your boy. Start 54% owned. Keep your cut. Cut. Um, I think Calvin Pickard's going to take the job by the end of the year, and I'm uh, I'm completely serious. He looks better a lot more of the time. Varlamov's so hot and cold. The hell knows that yeah. team sucks. Well, I think you can like describe. <laughs> team sucks. <laughs> you can describe the essence of Varley and uh, last week. He gives up six goals on sixteen shots for his Montreal. Yep. The very next night, gives up one goal on fifty-two shots mm-hmm. against the Leafs. Sounds about right. So he goes right about as bad as an NHL goalie can be to about as good as an NHL yeah, goalie. And can that's be. literally his career, right? And so his inconsistency gets dragged down by the fact that 
no offense, Beavs, the Avs kind of oh, objectively they, suck. And they give up the second most shots a game, only second to the Arizona gonna, Coyotes. Yeah. I think the Leafs um, are like right next to them though there, right? Right, but the Leafs are also up there in shots four. Okay, so. that's all right. I'm just saying. I'm Excited just saying. hockey. Yeah, scoring goals. Varlamov, the talent. thing for me with Varlamov is that I'm keeping him because he was drafted as as um, a number three fantasy goalie, and that's that's what he is. If you draft him as number three, right. keep him and you know try to play the matchups. The problem with him is it's so hard to play the matchups because he's so hot or cold. And the um, Avs don't have a lot of good matchups. It depends. No, it depends who's available. If there's a if there's a Chad Johnson, <laughs> if there's a Chad Johnson available in the free agency, there's somebody that's playing really well. Then yeah, I'm probably yeah, dropping. Right, ride, that's ride, the other ride, thing, ride, right? Ride a Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said it depends on your situation. Because like, how badly do you need the starts? And the waiver wire for goalie is usually so. Like I mean, if you if, if you've got a couple of solid goalies in front of him, right? Then like, there's no you don't need to hold on to him as your third if you goalie got a Braden Holt because he's going to bring goalie. your percentages down, right? Because yeah. he's just not that consistent. Unless you can somehow. Somehow managed to keep him. Uh, moving along here, um, Patrick Sharp, sixty-two percent on currently on IR. Beebs, Patrick Sharp, keeper cut. Uh, I say hang on to him for right now. Um, he's one of those guys where, kind of, along with the whole Dallas team, where as we've seen this year, they're scoring completely down. I mention it every week that it's way down from previous years. Um, once they get going, Patrick Sharp's going to get going too. He's, uh, he's he's clearly injured. I mean, uh, he's injured at the moment even. Um, just yeah, Patrick Sharp, hang on to him for a little bit. He definitely has the upside to uh, to be a good second half push for your squad. Yeah, I'd say keep as long or keep keep hold of him as long as you have room on your IR. Um, and then I'd give him five to ten games once he returns and kind of monitor his playing time and his shot production as they've both been a bit of a concern this season. But if your IR has more valuable guys like Galchenyuk, if you've only got one IR spot, I wouldn't keep the dead roster spot for Sharp at this point. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I, I just think that team, that, that team has that that team. It's hard, like, because some of these guys we're talking about. Basically, it's not worth waiting for your potential. Sharp's better days are behind him, but yeah, playing true. on a dangerous team, he's still got. Yeah, some and they're going to start. Scoring. And so, even yeah, though and, Dallas and, has struggled, they're still very like offensively oh, t- skilled. Totally. Right? Um, Jake Muzzin, seventy percent owned. All start. If you were in an analytics pool. Keep him for sure. Um, his underlying numbers say he should have You're more not? points than he does. Um, I will still kind of hold on to him. It's borderline depending on who's available. But I'm going to hold on to him. Um, obviously not playing with Doughty at evens and not being on the top power play. Right. It's going to hurt your value. Um, he's falling behind Alf Martinez with the extra man. Yep. Uh, but I still think Muzzin uh, has upside. That team obviously doesn't score a ton, so that obviously limits it a little bit. Yeah. But I still think like it, it, it's hard to... F- I feel like he's a consistent guy. Obviously, I think what they're trying to do, honestly, is it's not a knock on Muzzin. It's trying, they're just trying to balance it out a bit and mm-hmm. it's hurting Muzzin's yeah. overall output. Yeah, he's I, I playing just like, great. He's just not It just all depends on who's available. Yeah, and his like, PDL... Like, if Ivan Proveroff's out there... Yeah, I take it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? So my thing, like, mainly is, like, if Muzzin's your fourth defenseman in, like, a league that starts three, mm-hmm. I'd rather just roll with three solid defensemen and drop Muzzin for a guy that yep. I know, uh, like, uh, forward, like some of the other guys we've talked about. Um, but... Like little or someone like that, Fabry even. Um, I I just think like it's another thing. Like his best case is forty points, right? So is that really worth waiting out at this point? Like his PDO has like been terrible. It's at ninety two for mm-hmm. the year, mm-hmm. which is god awful. Um, but yeah, like Martinez, like while Muzzin has you know kind of uh, superficially struggled, Martinez has usurped some of that playing time. Yeah. And he is like the he is like the new Muslim right. in, in a way. It is. Like, he is. Because like they both block a ton of shots. They both have offensive upside. Like yes. they have but I think he's got more offensive 
Uh, Martinez, definitely. Yes, than Muzzin. 100%. Right. So at this point, it's, again, like Muzzin's still very good at even strength, still a very good NHL defenseman, but I don't think his offense production is I just can't believe he's still 70% over. It's another one of those yeah, games. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's weird to me that you look at, like, a guy like Provorov, like, what did I say, 28% or something? Yeah. It seems like when defense, points, people and then just Muzzin, forget they have Yeah, him. yeah. It, it, you're it, honestly it's, right. They just leave him. In. It's like, oh, oh, this guy, like, you don't even look, click on your defenseman to see that he's only got seven <laughs> points on the year. Uh, yeah. You keep him or cutting beeps. I'm cutting him. Alec Martinez is the new Muzzin right. as... Hamilton is the new Brody. There Same you go. Idea. Okay, uh, I'll start on this one because I know you guys are probably waiting to hear what I say. Peter Mrazek, I honestly don't know here. 73% owned. Um, he's obviously fallen behind Jimmy Howard, who's played really well this year. But last year we saw how good Mrazek can be. I don't think that he's phenomenal. I think he's in the middle of the pack in terms of uh, actual goaltending in the NHL. Um, I still think better days are ahead for the Red Wings. That's probably just an optimistic, dumbass fan. <laughs> um, but like, if I'm not dropping Varlam off, I'm not dropping Mrazik. Yeah, they're kind of no way they ride the same. Mrazik is just Mrazik is last year was the reason he was great was because he just was so consistent. This year, it's been the complete opposite. The same thing. Like, I mean, he hasn't had the 51 save like yeah. the game because like the Red Wings aren't that bad. <laughs> um, but but he also has had some some, some he's had some big time stinkers. So I mean, I'm not cutting him. Um, yeah, if I'm, it all depends. So goalie's like saying right now, Mrazik's not capable of fifty-two. I'm calling you out right here. Maybe he could be. Like no one, no, no one on paper should be capable. No, of not at all. Other than Eddie Vigo, but yeah, but <laughs> Mrazik was pretty good in the, in the old World Juniors that one time against the United States of America. Yeah, sure. sure. it's true against a lot of seventeen. Yeah, yeah, a lot of seventeen-year-olds like care. You know, I'm not even gonna bring it up. I was gonna bring up something stupid, but uh, you guys keep your cutting them. Uh, you said whatever Brock says. Yeah, I literally so. wrote down whatever Brock says. So yeah. we're going to keep him around. I'm going to, uh, since I said cut, no, I'm, keep him off, I'm saying cut Mrazic as well. Sure. And I'm just saying that, like, I mean, it totally depends on your league. Goalies right? are right. so hard. Yeah, that's what it is, though. too. Yeah. Right, but if they're your third goalies and all they're doing is just bringing down, down your percentage yeah, whenever they do this. But here's, here's yeah, my thing, here's my thing with Mrazic is that, like, I'd rather just take the forward that Mrazic is I'm pretty confident that this whole Jimmy Howard thing isn't going to last. And I think Mirazic is still going to be the number one guy mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So, yeah, like, but I like if you don't need to wait on him, why? Right? No, if there's better options. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, he's one of those. Like, yeah, yeah. But the problem is, there usually isn't better options. Fantasy hockey goaltenders. You never know, man. People are stupid. Okay, four more guys. Let's rip through them here. <laughs> yeah. Mark Andre Fleury, Beeps, keep a cut. Um, keep. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Murray could easily um, regress a little bit, which brings Flurry into it. I just think there's a lot more chance of him potentially taking that spot. And when he does start, he could get a win even if he shits the bed a lot of times. So yes. That's very valuable. D? Yeah, I just think he's going to get a fair amount of starts for a really good team. Yeah. And like we said, goalie's not always the deepest position, so I would hold on yeah, to Yeah, we're Flurry. on the same page there for sure. Yeah. Uh, Murray has clearly supplanted him as the number one. Flurry's not going to entirely go away. Where, no, he's not. Just makes too much money. They're, they're going to obviously try to boost his trade value or mm-hmm. whatever they're going to try to do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... The, f- the fucking Penguins, man. They score a lot of goals. Like you, like, you can allow four and win by three still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'm obviously, he still makes for one of the best backup spot start options mm-hmm. in the NHL. Uh, Colton Pareko, 74% owned. D, keep your cut. I'm going to keep. Uh, yeah. I think he's got more upside than any of the other defensemen on this list. His ice time is up this year, and he's actually shooting more. Somehow hasn't found the back of the net. He's on pace for 210 shots this year. 211. 211. I didn't round <laughs> up. Um, 
And even if he somehow amazingly doesn't find the back of the net over those 211 shots, he's still on pace for 38 points a la assists. So there's we a lot to one. like in We here. got that one on the same page. Nice. I got 38 too. Nice. So there's a lot to like in Pareko as a second-year defenseman. Uh, doing just fine, kind of great for his second year in the NHL, and doing great with the extra time on the ice too. So Pareko's a definite keep for me. Just wait out that goal stunt. Oh yeah, I agree. As you mentioned, seventy-seven shots. One of them's gonna go in. He's getting power play time. It's crazy man. Seventy-eight um, auto in. Yeah, like you know, and and once that happens, the next three could go in, and, and we don't even talk about his goal scoring slump. So Dude, right. he's um, like a cyborg man. Guys, he's a freak. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a monster. He's got the same idea with Duncan Keith, right? Assists, yeah. It's like what do you want? Casey? This is got to shoot five percent, so he's. Actually, just like three goals. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you though. For real. I dog. got you right here. Take me, dog. Go. He's he's going through the Subban spell from last year. Yep. Seventy-seven shots, no the goals. The Kruger from this but, year. But like B or D mentioned, twenty two hundred eleven shots on page two hundred eleven shots. If he can shoot at the five point five percent that he shot at last year on two hundred eleven shots, that's eleven goals on pace for thirty eight assists. So that's eleven goals, thirty eight assists, forty nine points. And that's an elite fantasy defenseman. That's right? exactly what that is. Doing all team. of that, doing all of that, while being buried behind Shattenkirk and Petrangelo in terms of power play time. Right. Yeah. And he's he's only he's on real. He's only going to go. He's really good. Preko's one of my favorite players. He's really good. The reason he made that Young Guns team. Um, two players left. Yeah. These are going to be tough to drop, but let's see if anybody's willing to do it. Beeb, starting with you, your boy. 81% owned, just returned from injury. Gabriel Landis got keep your cut. Keep. Um, people are really hard on this guy because he's been he's injured that good he's been scoring. struggling. But yeah, no, he's one of those guys who he, he's like a he's like a Patrice Bergeron. Or, uh, right, but that's yeah, what he, yeah. he's it's like, just weird because that's never what he was like marketed. Yeah, as no, he's right? way better. He's like you're this guy who scores thirty goals. Yeah. And lays 200 hits, even though he's never. No, but yeah, like he, he he's just like he's such a phenomenal player to have on your team. But like fantasy wise, he's not there. He's just he, he'll get you 55. That's the one. That's the one but thing that's so him because so of where he's at in that lineup. That's it's, all. I'm it's so say. weird fantasy hockey. like I think the one sport where people like fall in love with names more than numbers. Like fantasy football, like no. yeah, like there could be a huge name True. who just sucks True. balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and yeah, he'll see him in your in your, your waiver wire. Yeah. Same with baseball. Like, oh like this guy can be awesome, but he, he he's old now and doesn't hit. And like, yeah. you listen listen to the numbers, but hockey it's just like oh, he's the captain. Well Landis like, also young, right? And yeah. like I love Landis Cog. My take my take on Landis Cog is he's always been overrated. Um offensively. Yeah. As yeah. a player. Yeah. So his shot rates are down. Uh, just two a game this year. Uh, the abs objectively suck again. Sorry, Beebs. So his yeah. plus minus is not going to improve, uh, which does, you know, play in fantasy, unfortunately. And I feel like I've brought up the fact that they again, objectively suck. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Landis Cog is only top 25 goals once in his career. He had 26 in 2013-14. And his shot totals have consistently gone down every season since. Uh, he fired 270 in his rookie season. His closest since was two, uh, 222 in that season where he scored 25. Um, he's got just had just 169 in 75 games last year. Um, so, again, I don't really know where I'm going with this. There's a lot not to <laughs> like about Gabe Landeskog, but like Beep says, he gets a lot of opportunity on that team. And... Because I still of think, how bad they are. right? I still think you know, He'd especially funny, if you have hits in your league, he's worth holding on to. Yeah, um, that's but I'd be, I'd be at, at the very least, I'd be looking to trade him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, um, trade that big name. And even if you think you're getting not enough for him, you're probably getting more than enough for him. Look at <laughs> he, he'd be a real fun player to watch play for another team. Yeah, he'd be like he'd be like like no. even like Patrick Hornquist no. was like a similar guy. Like you no, know, yeah. he wasn't that great now. No, Nashville. no. Okay, what Brock is saying is that he's saying. he's he'd be a really good second or third liner, and I agree. He'd be an awesome second or third liner. Like him, just like slotted into Nazem Kadri on the depth chart, just like. I wouldn't want to go up against that line. You know what I mean? Okay. Anyways, I'm not <laughs> dropping. Just like shutting down the vest, but still this. able to put not it in the back this. of the net. I'm not dropping. At a reasonable pace, not an elite pace. I'm not dropping Landis Cog yet, but I'm giving him a <laughs> week, a week or two in it just shallow, have given in him shallow see, leagues. Man. It's just coming back to. People. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I'll give him a week or two, see yeah, what man. he can do. But the, the thing for And me, he's still the, young. The thing for, Too especially fall. in shallow leagues, the thing with Landis Cog is his ceiling is just not high enough. No, to right. warrant to keep around because like there's other players that are like really good 81% owned players that have mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. super high ceilings they're struggling mm-hmm. Kuznetsov yes Landis Cox not that guy not a bonafide elite offensive player this guy we're about to Unfortunately, mention like, I feel like we're all keeping this guy I, I really I'd I like to look more into Shit. it but I don't get how he just comes in fires 270 in his rookie season shots on net mm-hmm. and just doesn't come close to that since just like because I do think that played into it like he was awesome in his rookie season oh, I like so confidence good. yeah <laughs> being a rookie Harry Potter stuff yeah Patrice Bergeron 89% owned keep a cut keep it's Patrice Bergeron yeah I put weight and then in brackets I know it's hard um <laughs> He's seen just as much power play Great time as last low. year. Yeah. He's still shooting over three times a game. Uh, his shooting percentage is down 4.3. He's got a career mark of 10. And his on ice shooting percentage is down as well. Yeah. Everyone is doing good around him. And yeah, just making sense. Doing shit. Yeah. So I'm saying keep times 1,000. Yeah. I, I, a, I actually don't get it. He has yeah, the highest Corsi 4 in the NHL. Is, but his on-ice shooting percentage right. is just a, I think just we all said too like somehow Pasternak has 18 goals right. and Bergeron has 8 yeah, how does that work I don't know dude it's not whatever's mad. happening whatever's happening it's gonna work there's something weird out. going on in Boston it's man. not mad obviously keep buy low candidate for fun yes we had true. Twitter questions yo go out for some Landis Gog for Bergeron yeah seriously yeah. Yeah. for real we yeah. ran way too long today so I'm sorry we'll answer your Twitter questions on Twitter not on the show but anyways I'm Brock Segan to my left, Dylan D. Bertie to my left, left, Beebs Bondi. Yeah. Enjoy the Blue Fun Stones. Make sure you head over to iTunes, subscribe, leave a little comment, what follow we did good, Twitter. what we didn't do good, and uh, follow us on Twitter at DFO Podcast. Thanks again, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you want to also become a Patreon, head over to DFO Podcast on Twitter, and it's pinned right at the top how to become a patron so visit our patreon page support the boys again enjoy the blue stones we'll see you guys back here next week if you don't turn in next week merry effing christmas oh yeah peace
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.